0: Welcome to Walter Edgar's Journal. With me in the SCANA studio today are three guests, and we're going to talk about the Catesby Project and have, first of all, David Elliott, who's the Executive Director of the Catesby Charitable Trust, and Dr. Francis Welch, who is Dean of Education, Health, and Human Performance at the College of Charleston, and from South Carolina ETV, Dean Byrd, who is Director of Education. So, first of all, welcome everybody to the Journal. David, let's talk a few minutes about uh, the curious Mr. Catesby, one of my favorite South Carolina visitors, uh, and the trust,
1: and then we'll get into the project. Um, Fine. Um, Mark Catesby was an English naturalist who first came to North America in 1712. He spent seven years in Virginia, uh, made a side trip to um, Bermuda. Um, went back to England and then came to South Carolina rather than to entertain himself but to do a serious study of um, the broad range of what South Carolina was all about. He was here for three years, studied in the wilderness, close to the shore and in the upstate, particularly around Fort Moore before moving on to the Bahamas. He then returned to England and spent the last 20 years of his life producing a magnificent book called The Natural History of Carolina, Florida, and the Bahama Islands, a book that was described by one of his contemporaries, the Secretary of the Royal Society for the Advancement of Useful Knowledge, as the most magnificent book I know since the art of printing was discovered. An enormous book, two volumes, two feet high, foot and a half wide, 220 individually engraved colored plates so we're talking about an elephant folio yes uh, and
0: this is pre-audubon people need to understand this. this 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 guy was here by himself
1: quite a while before mr. Audubon came to South Carolina a century before and um, the world had changed South Carolina had changed quite a bit mm-hmm. in that
0: hundred years yeah. well I don't know if I've told you, but I have actually held his herbarium. I have friends at the, in the British Museums, and I was there, and I just asked, this is when you were just beginning the project, and I just said, well, we're, we're interested in Catesby, being and they said, would you like to see his herbarium? So I put on my gloves, and I held his herbarium, and the, the young man there, who was, who was not just an archivist, he was a naturalist and I said well we still have this and he didn't he said I'm not used to people coming in here who who do gardening and who know <laughs> who know things I passed on spending a day and looking at his stuffed birds that was that that was a day trip from London and I you know the
1: herbarium was great but the stuffed birds I could I could do without he, he's an interesting man and uh, I just discovered him by pure chance, and um, got fascinated by him. And I've found innumerable people who have um, not known much about him, including my co-editor of the new book, the curious Mr. Catesby, a truly ingenious naturalist, uh, discovers new worlds. And and you,
0: that book on Mr. Cate on Catesby has won some awards, has it not?
1: Uh, it won the. Um, 2016 Literature Award of the um, Council on Botanical and Horticultural Libraries and it's had numerous reviews and we're glad that all of them have been very positive. Well, I'm trying to remember, does the Charleston Library Society have one of the Catesby originals? They have a couple of third editions. One of them quite possibly goes back to when the third edition was first published in 1771. Dean Welch, Let's talk about how you
0: got involved in this project.
2: Mrs. Maurice Thompson, who is a a member of the Catesby Commemorative Trust Board, contacted me and introduced me to David and wanted to know how we might be able to get the Catesby materials into the hands of schoolchildren in South Carolina. And at the time, I wasn't sure how we might be able to do that, but Shortly following that conversation I had with Mrs. Thompson and and David, um, we were asked to join a consortium within the state to implement project-based learning. And this consortium involved Furman University as the lead, partners, uh, the College of Charleston, Claflin University, and Winthrop. And the goal was to get this project-based learning as a teaching technique into the schools.
0: Or right, now let's explain project-based learning for our okay. folks out there.
2: All right, so in the past, we often had students memorize materials and to carry those, those memorized facts around with them. And we have so much information today that it's next to impossible for any of us to carry around that information. And we realized that a much better technique would be to ask students to use their creativity, their problem-solving abilities to interact with materials and to work in teams, to create projects based on materials that they've had an opportunity to interact with, and all kinds of materials. And um, the project-based learning is more of an interdisciplinary approach, so it's not just looking at what would be the science of, of the work or what would be the art of the work or what would be the history of the work, but from an interdisciplinary perspective. And what we found is that students are much more engaged when they are involved in such work as, as um, with the, I call it, the big L and the little L. So the teacher continues to be a learner, the big L, and then the student is also a learner, but it's a learning team and with other students as well.
0: Okay. and. Dean
3: where does ETV fit into this well I met Dean Welch in a situation where we were uh, having lessons that she was creating with the dames uh, circle of inheritance is another program that that we created and and I was trying to get those updated to be what she was talking about project-based uh, learning lessons. And she says, well, you know, we're working with the Catesby Trust, and I think what you're doing might work really well if we were to create those kind of lessons with the with the the, the types of resources that they have in the Catesby Trust and the program that we had created uh, a long time ago. So we also simultaneously uh, at this very moment are building a new website that will house uh, lessons." for this purpose because this project-based learning and there's another thing they call it really the one-to-one environment each student has a mobile device in front of them now and so it's a whole different way of facilitating and teaching a classroom and teachers are just you know not used to having curriculum or lessons around that so we're taking the content that we've had in the past reformatting it to be project-based learning lessons and one-to-one lessons, and they're going to be housed in this new website called Learning Why. So all of these things were all happening at the same time, and it was just been a, a real nice synergy. Uh,
0: okay. I think we've got to get some t- t- more definitions sure. here. Hart, you say students, everybody has access. What What app? What program? I mean, how does... Because, you know,
3: I think we still got kids who don't have computers in their schools. So, I mean... It, it uh, it's amazing the transition that's happening, and uh, uh, we've been offering services over the web for the last fifteen years. Uh, we've had knowitall.org, which is a site that's been used uh, a lot in the schools. We had another site called uh, Streamline SC, and so we reach every school district uh, in the state. We touch every school in the state, and also homeschoolers and independent schoolers and and a lot of others as well. So we use the web to deliver the resources that we have at ATV and our partners with PBS and and everything else. So that's how we've had this relationship for the last 15 years. We have this networking capability. We've had friendships and partners all out there. It's it's great to have great resources, as uh, Mr. Elliott says all the time, but if they don't know about them and can't get access to them. They're not. They're not. You know what? What use are they? So we think um, this, this website that we're creating now is going to be more in tune of what's happening in schools, and that's what's happened. Over fifty-five percent of the schools that we surveyed last year uh, say that their school or their district has one-to-one devices. So not just a computer in the school, but each student has a mobile device, a laptop, or an iPad, or some type of devices. That amazing transition. With all of this new application,
0: how do do you fit Mr. Catesby in this? We've got this wonderful movie that was done on Catesby, which aired on ETV, and nationally it aired, I think, on on David, a huge percentage of the the public uh, broadcasting system.
1: We got 65%, and including, I think, 21 of the 22 largest TV markets in the country. About 1,300 broadcasts in total and about 30 percent of them in prime time so a lot of the world knows now at least in this country
0: about the curious mr k yeah, right. uh not only is it interesting in terms of south carolina history which is which is my love but it's an absolutely beautiful film i mean it's technologically just it's just over the top so dean now you're taking that film and you're chopping it into segments. Is that right? Well, that
3: That's correct. That, and that's what we've been doing for the last 15 years is that teachers were telling us they don't have a half hour or an hour to watch a, a program. They needed to be edited down to uh, objectives. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've been doing that for the last 10 to 15 years, and we have a, an incredible repository of videos from mm-hmm. South Carolina and also other partners that we have mm-hmm. uh, to offer across the state. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's... it's, it's you got Khan Academy, and you have YouTube, and Apple has their own repository. And so there's just this incredible abundance of, of resources that are out there. But the teachers don't have time because they're having to teach this whole different way. They don't have the curriculum sitting in front of them. So now these online textbooks have been evolving for the last three three years. And, uh, and we wanted to make sure that our content that we know is, is a specialty in really has national appeal as well, to put it in some kind of a curriculum format. So we're creating the lesson with the media already embedded in the lesson.
2: Uh, Just as the curious Mr. Catesby is incredibly interesting to adults, we thought that he would be a great role model for students who are curious also. And, and we wanted the teachers to be able to have access to those materials, but to make it not so complicated for teachers so they didn't have to create the lessons themselves, we would help them. And we're teacher education. I mean, that's what we should be doing. We should be helping folks to learn different ways of teaching that are more effective. And so sort of happened serendipitously, actually, because we had this opportunity to have the training from the Buck Institute. They are sort of a national model to help others understand this project-based learning. So we brought a A workshop offered by the Buck Institute. And we offered spots to our partner, Charleston County School District. So they had personnel in the institute last summer. Our own faculty members, many of whom are involved. This is from
0: the college. From the
2: College of Charleston. Many of our faculty members who are now involved with the Catesby materials and helping to create unit plans and lesson plans that are being implemented by teachers were involved in that workshop and also personnel from ETV. So we began to form this partnership to implement project-based learning and using the Catesby materials as one way of doing that we have lots of ways of doing that so for example we also work we we talked about the work that we had done before with charles pinckney and that's certainly another opportunity we've worked with patriot's point as another resource in our area i mean it's uh, we have lots of possibilities of materials that we might be able to use in this way but catesby because he was such um an interesting person and his materials are so fascinating. I mean, you put them in front of most anybody and it's just very motivating. And our own faculty members um, got very excited about the possibility of having access to these materials. I'm talking about the faculty members in teacher education at the College of Charleston. And so it was a wonderful opportunity for them to begin to think about, well, how can I use this? And then educate future teachers um, to to use them, and then how do we we bring this about as a way of changing education to be more effective. We were pleased to see um, recently that um, one of our high schools, Burke High School, is actually beginning to use this approach a little more and seeing some positive results. They're not involved with the Catesby materials at this point. Pretty much we've decided at this moment in time, it could change, but um, in working with the, our, rep, our partners from Charleston County School District and our own faculty members and our partner teachers in schools, we think that the Catesby materials fit nicely with the standards for middle grades. So we're, we're implementing in middle grades at this point.
0: All right, that, you, you've already anticipated my question because the standards and the guidelines that come out from the State Department of Education, you just can't all all of a sudden have a great idea. It's got to fit in with, mm-hmm. with what they direct. So, Dean, when you say you're creating, what we call it modules, chapters, segments, whatever. The Curious Mr. K is almost an hour. How do you break that into pieces? And then, do you and and Dean Welch decide what you want to? How you want to do that how long it's got to be i mean i'm just trying to figure out whether you focus on a bird or plant
1: i mean rather than making much use of pieces from the documentary it goes back to using illustrations from his natural history learnings from the book that we just wrote which covers a lot of ideas that can be looked at and um, i've seen um, video clips of um, several schools in which they're being used and um, the reports that I'm getting back from Fran and her people, the teachers and the students, are very enthusiastic about it. It may be a lesson plan that um, is involved in science that relates to um, the utility of birds' beaks. And so they will encourage look at different Catesby drawings of birds with different beaks and then work on how those beaks are used by the birds to obtain food from different sources whether it be a, a heron with a long bill to grab fish or um, a cardinal to crack sunflower seeds. That that gives
0: me a much better idea. I was thinking that Dean was sitting over there with his splicer and dicing, <laughs> dicing the curious to case me up into, into, into chunks. Uh, now, David, what is the role of the commemorative trust in this? You're helping
1: to fund that's well, when we've been more helping generate the idea in the long term, um, our role is likely to be in the area of helping promote the use of these lesson plans to buttress the excellent work that Fran and Dean will be doing uh, with whatever ways we can, and we're developing some ideas as to how we ensure that they're just not out there, but that the teachers find them beneficial from their own perspective and from their teaching perspective to use these lesson plans. All right,
0: now Fran, branching out from Charleston, you said you, you do have partnership with Claflin and Furman. And Winthrop. And Winthrop. So are they working with school districts in their respective areas?
2: We are just pilot testing, Walter. So we're not ready to, to actually go to these other sites yet. As soon as we've had an opportunity to review what we've been able to accomplish to date, we will certainly work with the folks at went at Claflin and at Furman to begin to branch out. In fact, Dean and I were talking about that earlier this morning about how he's already had some contacts with the folks from the Riley Institute at Furman and how we might be able to collaborate. What we're thinking in the Low Country is that we can serve as the model and then begin to collaborate statewide. Another aspect of this work is that we have several faculty members who are engaged with the work. We have Dr. William Veal, who's a science educator, very well regarded as a science educator. Um, Dr. Tracy Hunter Doniger, whose area is um, visual arts, but she also has expertise in creativity. And then we have the director for our Low Country Hall for Science and Math, Cynthia Hall. Who are all very actively engaged with the personnel in Charleston County School District, both the teachers and the central office staff, as well as our superintendent, Jarita Postalwaite, to think about how we might be able to expand this work within Charleston County. And once we feel like we've got good understanding of our work and we've been able to assess our work and share some of those videos with Dean and his personnel, then we're ready to go to the other universities and and talk about how we might be able to um, connect. One of the other aspects of this that I just find very excited about, and that is that we, the college, you may know that we have a plantation on Stone river and and one of the requirements of that bequest to us uh, was that we would have programming for p twelve students at that property. And it is a gorgeous property. I don't know if you've been there, but it is quite um, quite a lovely um, place to visit. but it's also, an outdoor classroom. And uh, we, particularly Dr. Tracy Hunter Doniger, who's been doing work out at the plantation, is very interested in getting summer programming for students there. And if you think about this, in partnership, we really are growing something pretty special here. Taking the historic materials that are available to us through the um, Catesby Commemorative Trust using the resources that we have through educational television, um, access to that, and thankfully Dean saw the, the, the possibilities here. Um, the network that we're building across the state, but then having property so that the students not only can interact with these materials through ETV, but we can have them particularly the old country students, interact with the materials hands-on at the site, but then share that with others across the state um, and have students actually beginning to share their learning and, and what they find exciting and meaningful in their lives as well.
1: You mentioned Dixie Plantation. It brings me back, something back to mind about Catesby because Dixie Plantation is on the edge of the Stoner River, somewhere on the edge of the Stono River. Catesby encountered some enslaved Africans digging up elephant bones, or so they thought. No, they were mammoth bones, but it was only 70 years later that mammoth was identified as a species anywhere in the world. <laughs> um, the, the other thing that is um, an interesting resource that has been used by France people is a prototype of a picture book that we plan to publish called uh, Mark Catesby's Natural History an introduction, and we've been very excited to see teachers in the um, beta testing using that book in classroom. I want to follow up. Earlier, you talked an
0: example of the birds' beaks that mm-hmm. just really grabbed my attention. What are some other things based upon? Um, obviously, the, the well, you talked about the mammoth bones. That's mm-hmm. something, but also the floral that he that he dealt with. I think that example, David, is perfect for our listeners to understand how you can take something done 300 years ago, almost, and bring it, the illustration to bring curiosity of the
2: kids. So, Edgar, um, <clears throat> think about Mark Catesby as a study in and of itself. I mean, he didn't have a lot of formal education in art or in the study of animals and plants, but he was able to be a self-starter and use his own creativity to develop these materials that we have access to. But studying him as a naturalist, as an artist, you know, as a scientist, um, for students to be able to, to to do that through social studies is um, quite interesting. I think. And and evidence that we have from students in 8th grade at um, at Cario and 8th grade at Bust Academy indicate that the students really find it fascinating too. I need to just have a disclaimer here though. I mean we're in the early stages here of, of this. I mean we're we, these are brand new lesson plans developed and implemented this fall semester. We don't have three years worth of data or anything like that. I mean we we, Good. Think I we're think all... d- we
0: started spouting data I'm not sure that
2: I... <laughs> <laughs> but but we we have observational data okay. that the students find this fascinating and the teachers their their teachers find it interesting too and and I think that's another aspect of teaching and learning that we often forget that teachers want to find materials that are interesting to themselves mm-hmm. and they can become passionate about and then share their passion mm-hmm. and interest with the with their students
0: well you mentioned those two middle schools eighth grade of course that's south carolina history are you designing programs for all levels
2: we're we're we're, we are we are um just at the cusp of what we need to do here so once we have a good foundation in fact one of the things i was chatting with um, dean and david about earlier is getting our teachers who have been implementing together with our faculty members who have been implementing and the school district representatives who have been helping us lead this effort and and doing a debrief at this point and and then deciding what our next steps would be and I have a very good relationship with the deans and, and directors at the other three institutions, and, and our faculty do as well, so we think we're, we're, this is not something we want to hoard. I mean, we certainly want to share this statewide, and David has even been talking about how we might be able to share it beyond the state of South Carolina. Well,
0: I would, given the reception <laughs> to The Curious Mr. Catesby, the, the movie, Uh, absolutely this should be something that could be shared beyond.
3: And and we are. Uh, We're having conversations with a a, a repository of resources that are available throughout the nation called PBS Learning Media, and they're very interested in in getting the the works that we're working with, getting the Capesby program, getting it uh, carved up into uh, nice little objectives if if we can, and then also the lessons. And so all these things that we're working with that we're Creating to put into our South Carolina site called learningwhy.org, we're also going to be able to make it available uh, nationwide. As Fran said, we're still in the early stages,
1: but the anecdotal stuff that I've heard from her people uh, we've got not just the science mini series of six, I think it is, lesson plans, but art lesson plans and um, just photographs and video clips of kids just absolutely enjoying. Um, drawing their own versions of Catesby's bullfrog or other species, and just fascinated by doing it. And uh, we've, we've had interest from the people in the educational people in the Smithsonian in what's going on, and the professor of science at Gettysburg College, who's very interested in interesting children in science, has asked not just to see the lesson plans, but could she have approval to pass them on. So I think we have something that interests people here. Well, see, you mentioned
0: something that that piqued my interest. Catesby was at Fort Moore. Well, that gives you a whole entree into the settlement of the frontier, oh, yes. trading with Native Americans, mm-hmm. Native American relations. I mean, it opens up all sorts of avenues,
3: you know. And Dean, that's where you could throw in Circle of Inheritance, which, and that's really the point of, of project-based learning is that you bring in art. Okay, that's one type of curriculum, you're bringing in science and and the social studies. And actually the site that we're starting with is starting exactly with eighth grade social studies, and then we're going to expand to all curriculums and all grades. ETV is very good at uh, creating content for this state and unique about this state, but the content that's unique to this state is applicable to anyone across the nation. We were a part of the revolutionary transition of, that created this nation, and we're really good at starting wars, so we got a lot of good <laughs> other kind of things that, are, that go on through history. And so social studies really is gonna probably be the biggest meat of what we're creating uh, r- right off the bat. You, you mentioned his time at Fort Moore. Here was
1: a man who could travel with the Indian traders, a pretty roughneck group, travel with Indians, survive an ambush, um, by another, by the Cherokees when he was um, with some chickasaws. The Indians would protect him from rain by erecting a hut. He was also someone that could work on a very friendly basis with the leading people in South Carolina society, but go back to England and walk in the gardens with the most powerful people in England. All right, folks,
0: we need to pause for a moment and let our listeners know that this is Walter Edge's journal And I'm talking with Dr. Francis Welch, David Elliott, and our own Dean Byrd about the Catesby Project and school children in South Carolina. What makes Mark Catesby the perfect character
1: or model for this project? The breadth and depth of his work, um, not just the illustrations, which are fantastic, um, but also his writings his letters back to England, the samples he sent back to England, but the breadth of the man as a person and his interests and um, what we can learn of his personality.
2: He was a self-starter and saw these various projects that he could do that would be beneficial to the world but interesting to him, and that's what we want to instill in all learners.
3: Uh, He's an artist and he's a scientist and sometimes people don't think those two of the same. But the real thing that's wonderful about him is he has this incredible curiosity, and I think that's the key to learning. All right, and that would be my next question is, what can
0: kids being trained now into the second decade, almost third decade of the 21st century, what is Catesby going to do for them? What are they going to get out of him?
2: I think they have a model, and, and often all of us need a model and having this gentleman from a long time ago who made a difference in the world and, and created art and science and just um, history, I just, I think it's, it's wonderful for students to have an opportunity to study him.
3: Well, I think, unfortunately, people don't change that much over history. They, they still are the way that they are, but what does change is, is the process and the tools that are available to them. And, and that ability to try to make yourself better, to try to help others, to learn, is a, is a key value. And he, he had inherently those, those, those virtues. And the tools that he had were pretty basic. He didn't have
0: an iPad. Sorry. He didn't have a computer. He didn't have a freezer unit to put his birds <laughs> in to get them back right. safely. He did all of this with materials that had been around for, for centuries. That's all he had.
1: Uh, he, he
0: demonstrated how much you can do without a signing bonus. Who had the idea that Cates would be perfect for this kind of learning? Fran, was it you? Dean, was it you? Or David, did you nudge somebody in that direction?
1: Um, it was Fran and Maurice Thompson, who is on our board of trustees, um, shared our book with Fran, who shared it with her own people, and they got excited by it.
2: If it weren't for our people who are interested, our faculty members, this would have gone nowhere. I, as a dean, can't do this work. I like to think I can do everything, but I can't. So our faculty members got excited to have some materials that they could use. Mm. And there are other materials, but this, these materials are so very interesting in and of themselves that um, we didn't have you were there, Dean, when we started talking about this. We didn't have a lot of difficulty convincing our partners within the school district, our partners at ETV, our other partners who were working on various educational projects to, to buy into this. They, they thought it, it made a lot of sense to them.
0: Well, I don't want to jump in and suggest what you might want to do, but having handled his herbarium, here is a man on the frontier that he preserves these plant materials. It's not brittle something like grandmother used to press between the you know the pages of the dictionary. They are still recognizable. They still have some color, and from the naturalist at the British Museum, I understood that the the bird skins. I said stuffed birds early. They really were mostly skinned the birds. I the preservation was, it's its still good 200 years later. How does somebody on the frontier without modern technology do that? I mean, that's a whole new subject area to get into. Uh,
1: he, he would get paper, which was hard to obtain the paper he needed, but he would be able to get it. And he would press the plants when he got back to Charleston and in, in the house of the, someone called Dr. Thomas Cooper. Were busy identifying or trying to where that house was located and then he would also take samples of um, snakes birds what have you after having had all the trouble of getting it boxes bought which were expensive and paper supplied and getting it all wrapped and packaged then he would have to find a ship's captain that would take the cargo then hope that it would get through and not be disrupted by pirates which happened a number of times had problems that um, uh, things like snakes were packaged in bottles of rum and crew members would tend to drink <laughs> the rum <laughs>
3: um,
1: he did have an American Lotus um, that he couldn't press dry so he um, drew it and he sent the drawing along with plants back to the Sherrod's herbarium at Oxford University and that drawing sat there for almost 300 years before Anybody realized it was there, and it's the oldest known drawing by Catesby that we can date. And that was discovered how oh, rec- within the last five years. Okay, art. Right, that's in fact um, a, a side story. Um, as a child, when I knew nothing about Catesby, the uh, curator of the Oxford Herbarium and my mother and I shared a house during World War II. And she studied that herbarium. She didn't find that paint, that drawing. <laughs> Stephen well, Harris did within the last, say, the last five years. Who knows what else is out there yeah, still? Yeah. Private correspondence, I mean, mm-hmm.
0: uh, and not only with Cates, but of course South Carolinians from almost the first year of settlement mm-hmm. were sending articles back to the royal mm-hmm. society. Right. And one of the most interesting correspondents, some of the earliest pseudo-naturalists or mm-hmm. anthropologists were women.
1: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, Fran, this just opens up all sorts of avenues.
2: It surely does, Walter. And, um, you know, I mean, um, the curious Mr. Catesby is definitely a gifted and talented and was definitely a gifted and talented individual. And I fully believe that we have many of those walking among us in our classrooms today. And I think it's just a matter of awakening that curiosity in them. Uh, and and giving them opportunities to explore like he did. And he was definitely gifted, you name an area, and he was gifted in it. I mean, he was gifted in socialization. I mean, for to be able to walk in those various circles that he walked in and to be able to just interact and and then to have a vision of what he wanted to create. Um, it's just uh, it's just a wonderful opportunity for us. He
1: didn't just describe plants to animals he was deeply into how the indians used plant materials deeply into how the planters used plant materials very skeptical of the belief that um, snake root did anything to protect anyone against be- rattlesnake bite <laughs> um uh, was wrote extensively on the soil conditions in South Carolina and uh, the different um, areas and how they productive they would be for different kinds of things and uh, according to Suzanne Hurley who wrote a chapter in our book on South Carolina his categories um, remain true to this day.
0: Well, uh, Dean, I was just thinking the plants that he illustrated
3: you can pull up an old Rudy Mankey. <laughs> the ties and all the other, you're exactly right. You, you can see how when I first sat at the table and this was introduced, I just went, oh my gosh, th- this is perfect. It's, it's, it's unbelievable art. I mean, documentation and research it doesn't seem like a very, you know, hey, exciting thing to do. But when you look at it from Catesby's eyes. Students could get interested in that, and can can take their skills and their gifts of being able to observe their surroundings and document that. They have much better tools than drawing that we do today, but it's still the same process of learning. And that's been the thing with me. I, as I'm, I was a novice to KSB, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sad to say, but so I've learned these stories that you know these drawings were used by Darwin or. The, he was he was before Lewis and Clark and went inland and and learned all these things you know that was going on in the inland before there there were no roads and superhighways you just you just went up the the waterways and 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 learned what was going on so just from my standpoint as a just a fellow person learning it's been in, very interesting now you take those resources and put them in lessons evolved around the the standards that you just mentioned earlier. Then you've got a student using the curiosity, the awareness of the world to learn, to answer the essential questions of today. Um, uh, it was an instant match when we saw it. Well, and,
0: and of course, one of the things you're, you're, you're dealing with are uh, endangered species, both animal and flora. Uh, and we've got a number of them in South Carolina, things like the Venus flytrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, are the Oconee Bell. And folks forget that at one time, bison roamed the upcountry.
1: <laughs> and, and, and Catesby saw them. <laughs> yes, and drew them. It is interesting because Catesby defined so much of what the low country and the Bahamas were like. Another book that we're working on talks about Catesby, but then examines, based on their own studies, the environmental situation facing 35 of the species Catesby described. Uh, ranging from they're extinct to they've got problems mm-hmm. to they're just fine, thank you. And and
0: of course, one of those that's no longer with us is the Carolina parakeet, one mm-hmm, of the most mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful birds in the in the New World. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking, friend, an eighth grader finds out that the you know the buffalo were, or the bison were roaming the upstate of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And the Buffalo Trails became the basis for Indian Trails, Mm -hmm. which then became the basis for highways. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great start. I I just, again, I'm fascinated that it's starting with eighth grade in that
3: South Carolina history. And, of course, that just warms the cockles of my heart. (laughs) 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 It's so great um, because of the South Carolina connection. You know, we have a lot of children that grow up in some pretty impoverished areas, and they don't necessarily have a lot of hope in their life when they grow up. And then they see... That, that history and, and things that are so important to the world are right here in South Carolina that they can easily identify uh, with instantaneously. It just gives them that starting point to get interested in in education and in learning. So it's, it's one of the pleasures of, of our job at ETV to have that relationship with schools and students and to share that across the state. ETV we could create lessons and we might get 40 or 50, but when we use the lessons created at the College Charleston, we use the lessons that are created at, at Spartanburg or we all over the different small. Uh, I grew up in small town South Carolina, so I to grow up in those areas and have those lessons. How small. Shared, I, I I was uh, Newberry, Abbeville, Barnwell, Florence, <laughs> Shiraz, Chesney, Charleston. You, you, haven't really, you, you haven't
0: hit Pelion or Packlin. No, yet. but I was really close, close to Blackville and Hilda.
2: WALTER, <laughs> <laughs> Walter I, I grew up in the village of Dorchester, which is not even incorporated to this day. So that's a good example of if you use the resources that are available to you, you actually can. Mm-hmm.
0: Well. I I was thinking, David, and the the idea that you hope that this will go beyond South Carolina. Looking at those 35 species, that can be a lesson, if not just those particular 35 can be a model anywhere, in Mm -hmm. California, in Mm -hmm. Boston, wherever. I mean, this is incredible, and people can say, this is starting in South Carolina? it's, (laughs) It's not the first time that pretty important things have started here. And I'm not just talking about the wars. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
3: our way of getting attention. Uh, so
2: possibilities are endless. I mean just think about it. Um, so so theater. I mean to be able to demonstrate this, um, and you know, we we jokingly we had Mark Catesby show up at our gala earlier this month. But but school children can can involve um, themselves in in productions that would demonstrate the work of Mark. I mean, it's endless. I mean, just think about it think about the possibilities, they just keep going, but then to put put some real detail into what we're doing and to help teachers, um, because teachers do have a lot of responsibilities today, and to help them become excited about teaching and learning as well.
0: And, and one of the things we will do is, of course, we will link from the journal website to the other websites in, involved. That's just what we, we do with, with, with all of our guests. So David, you mentioned one project that you've got going on looking at the endangered species. What else is on,
1: on tap for the, the trust? Well, the, um, um, one of our key roles will be supporting what we're calling the creating a better way to learn, which is this whole approach to project-based lesson plans based on Catesby. Uh, we have um, this book that we expect to publish sometime next year, Mark Catesby's Natural History, an introduction. That's a, a picture book that for teachers to use, or just people who see it in a bookstore. This is fascinating. We'll pick it up and buy it. And the um, book by um, Professor Alan Brush from the University of Connecticut, emeritus professor of ornithology. And he and his wife have spent a lot of time studying um, the southeast and i expect to see the proofs of that book with any day and they will go over to england to be reviewed by charles nelson who is uh, certainly the best editor researcher writer on uh, natural history in that era i know that will be something we we'll publish and we'll be working with the smithsonian about a year from now On publication of the first ever full-size, full-color reproduction of Catesby's natural history. You're talking about the elephant? Yes. (laughs) In two
0: volumes. In two volumes. And how many million? No, I'm just saying... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's not gonna be...
1: That's not gonna be a major seller. It will be a little expensive, but for universities or libraries that have an original natural history but can't risk letting students Loose near it, they'll have this perfect facsimile. Uh, The book's already been digitized. And it's been a resource that your people have used. The Smithsonian's copy is the most um, complete in in the world. Um, And um, universities and libraries that don't have a natural history, they'll be able to get one to use. Or Catesby enthusiasts, particular art collectors. These are the kind of people we expect to buy this. Um, Not in great numbers, but. It'll be an expensive but book you're going to work with that with the smithsonian yeah that's the smithsonian smithsonian publications will be the publisher um catesby trust will have an introduction in it and um, we'll help them market the book and i would say as soon as you mentioned art collectors
0: i do i do have a Catesby, but that's because somewhere along the line somebody <laughs> chopped up one of those <laughs> elephant folios oh. Uh, it was about 10 years ago Mm -hmm. this was before he became famous so I could afford to buy it (laughs) Uh, and the sad thing was, there were about three at that particular auction Mm -hmm. and I bought bought one Mm -hmm. and the
1: other two did not sell that day Mm -hmm. that wouldn't happen now but uh, uh, It's, it's an interesting thing according to the the major dealer in natural history art in New York Catesby's books used to be worth more broken up and sold in pieces now they're worth more as a book it no longer pays to break up the books well and of course
0: that's what people did for, not mm-hmm. just with Catesby, people but with audubon mm-hmm. they they broke up the books and sold them in, individually but i'm still glad somebody did and i've got one <laughs> <laughs> it h- hangs over the mantelpiece in my den. i, mean, I... <laughs> Um, So, Dean, what's
3: next for for you and your, your branch of SCETV? Well, building this site and getting and letting people know about it, we're starting off with eighth grade, you know, social studies. But we're going to expand to all of them, and getting all the uh, the different features embedded. It's almost like a recipe book. We're making these lessons like, here's your recipe and how to do this, but you can add some this or take away that, and they can take them and tweak them, build them, and if they like it, thumbs up. You know, I'm not. So that's part of the site. But then one part of the site that that is really important that I want to talk about a little, just a second here is that. When students learn and they get to show their outcome of what they learn is a, a byproduct of taking going through these lessons, is, which is what uh, Mr. Elliott and, and Dean Welch are doing as part of them, we, we getting those outcomes is a part of the site. So we can showcase, hey, this is what I learned from this. And the artwork and the research work and all the different kinds of things can be a part of a teacher making the decision, wow, if they can do this and I can see some examples of that, that will inspire me. and also. Give that student, you know, some of that feeling pr- proud about 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 learning something, and it's being distributed uh, statewide. So, just getting the site is going to, uh, together. We're just in a beta right now. We'll fully launch it in uh, in the late spring, and then all right. Now you say it. beta, yeah translate that term for us. That, that means that it's, it's uh, we're just kind of sh- showing it out there and let people, the teachers test it. We're letting the eighth grade social studies teacher say, hey, what do you think of it? What does what it need? Was it not need? Or does it work really well for you? Um, and, and those kind of things. So we, we it doesn't have all the features of a, a login and all the other things, uh, the ratings in there, the comment sections in there right now. It's really scaled down model. So it's just a test site, really. I was going to say a rough draft. There you go.
0: Okay, All right. just just for those of us who are not in the business. I'm,
3: like, I'm, just I'm learning these as I go. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. Um, all right, Dean Welch. What what about you and your your colleagues at the college? What are y'all going to do next
2: regarding the Catesby Commemorative Trust uh, activities and 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 the project based learning? The next activity will be to pull our partners together, our classroom teachers, our faculty members, uh, Dean and his folks from ETV, and to celebrate what we've accomplished to date, but then to look at what we have accomplished and make plans for the future. Where may we expand? Where may we uh, begin to pro- produce some more videos for Dean's group? Where? we may begin to assess the effectiveness of, of this um, in a more formal way and where we might be able to get some additional funding uh, from grants external to the college. And uh, again, we will do this in partnership. This is, this we we believe fully that the way to, to get good work done is to work with others.
0: Okay. Well, you know, earlier when I asked a question about where people were from. You can't, you grew up, outside Dorchester, unincorporated, okay? You grew up in all these towns, which is sort of a geography study of South Carolina. But David, where did you
1: grow up? Well, I grew up in England, and mostly in a very progressive coeducational boarding school in the countryside in Devonshire, and that's oh. where I developed my interest in natural history. Okay. That's Devonshire. Okay. All I think of is clotted cream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Okay. Um, AT is giving me the wind-up sign, so any last words before we sign off today?
1: Uh, anyone that's interested in learning some more about Catesby is very welcome to go to our website, www.catesbytrust.org. Look at the resources section, and you'll find uh, a lot of different videos and uh, our full-length movie and uh, different things we've produced over the years, and we'll be adding to that steadily all right Dean Wells
2: so we encourage you to uh, continue to follow us and what we're able to accomplish and how then we can connect with our partners across the state and perhaps across the nation
0: now would they do that through your website at the College of The easiest
2: thing is to go to the www.cfc.edu and go to the School of Education Health and Human Performance Okay.
3: well we'll have that information on our website and Dean you can go to ETV Education, and, and you can get to learning why from there. But there's lots of other great resources that we have in education that help every child that we can think of, from reading to math to English and everything. So uh, a lot of people don't know about what we do in education at ETV, but the, we're very involved with the K-12 community and pre-K. All right. Dean Francis Welch from the
0: College of Charleston, David Elliott with the K-Speak Memorative Trust longtime friend here of The Journal, and Dean Byrd, our own from SCE TV Radio. Thanks so much for being with us today on The Journal. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Edgar. Thank you.
0: This is Walter Edgar, and I hope you enjoyed today's journal. I know I did. I've always been fascinated with Mark Catesby ever since I learned about him more than 15 years ago and working on my history of South Carolina. But what David Elliott and the Catesby Trust have done to make this figure who was so important, not just in South Carolina natural history, but really all of natural history across the Atlantic has been a true boon to our state and to, I would say, the world. And now, all of that wonderful material about the curious Mr. Catesby is gonna be designed in teaching materials South Carolina school children today. I think that's pretty neat. This is Walter Edgar. Join me next week for more of The Journal.
3: Walter Edgar's Journal is a production of South
0: Carolina Public Radio. The program is produced and engineered by Andrew Shire. The executive producer is Alfred Turner. Production of this program is made possible in part by listener contributions to the ETV Endowment of South Carolina. The views and opinions expressed on Walter Edgar's journal are not necessarily those of South Carolina Public Radio.